Hello and welcome to episode 286 of the Our Lady of Fatima podcast. It is my pleasure to be with you this evening. My name is Terrence M. Stanton. We are recording on Monday, August the 29th, 2022, in the year of our Lord Jesus Christ. This month of August is dedicated to honoring and cherishing the Immaculate Heart of Our Lady. So let us continue to do so as we work through the text of the glories of Mary by the great saint and doctor of the church, St. Alphonsus Liguri. This is from his discourse number five of the visitation of Mary with the subtitle of Mary is the treasurer of all divine graces. Therefore, whoever desires graces must have recourse to Mary. And he who has recourse to Mary may be certain of obtaining the graces he desires. St. Alphonsus begins, Fortunate does that family consider itself, which is visited by a royal personage, both on account of the honor that redounds from such a visit and the advantages that may be hoped to accrue from it, but still more fortunate should that soul consider itself, which is visited by the Queen of the world, the Most Holy Virgin Mary, who cannot but fill with riches and graces those blessed souls whom she deigns to visit by her favors. The house of Obedidum, was blessed when visited by the ark of God, and the Lord blessed his house. But with how much greater blessings are those persons enriched who receive a loving visit from this living ark of God? For such was the divine mother. Happy is that house which the mother of God visits, says Engelgrave. This was abundantly experienced by the house of St. John the Baptist, for Mary had scarcely entered it when she heaped graces and heavenly benedictions on the whole family. And for this reason, the present feast of the visitation is commonly called that of our Blessed Lady of Graces. Hence, we shall see in the present discourse that the Divine Mother is the treasurer of all graces. We shall divide it into two parts. In the first, we shall see that whoever desires graces must have recourse to Mary. In the second, that he who has recourse to Mary, should he confident of receiving the graces he desires, or excuse me, should be confident, there's a typo there, of receiving the graces he desires. First point. After the Blessed Virgin had heard from the Archangel Gabriel that her cousin St. Elizabeth had been six months pregnant, she was internally enlightened by the Holy Ghost to know that the Incarnate Word, who had become her son, was pleased then to manifest to the world the riches of his mercy and the first graces that he desired to impart to all that family. Therefore, without interposing any delay, according to St. Luke, Mary, rising up, went into the hill country with haste, rising from the quiet of contemplation to which she was always devoted. And quitting her beloved solitude, she immediately set out for the dwelling of St. Elizabeth. And because charity beareth all things and cannot support delay, as St. Ambrose remarks on this gospel, the Holy Ghost knows not slow undertakings. Without even reflecting on the arduousness of the journey, this tender virgin, I say, immediately undertook it. On reaching the house, she salutes her cousin and she entered into the house of Zachary and saluted Elizabeth. St. Ambrose here remarks that Mary was the first to salute Elizabeth. The visit of Mary, however, had no resemblance with those of worldlings, which, for the greater part, consist in ceremony and outward demonstrations devoid of all sincerity, for it brought with it an accumulation of graces. The moment she entered that dwelling, on her first salutation, Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost, and St. John was cleansed from original sin and sanctified and therefore gave that mark of joy by leaping in his mother's womb, wishing thereby to manifest the grace that he had received by the means of the Blessed Virgin, 
as St. Elizabeth herself declared. As soon as the voice of thy salutation sounded in my ears, the infant in my womb leaped for joy. Thus, as Bernadine de Bustis remarks, in virtue of Mary's salutation, St. John received the grace of the divine spirit, which sanctified him. When the Blessed Virgin saluted Elizabeth, the voice of the salutation entering her ears descended to the child, and by its virtue he received the Holy Ghost. And now, if all these fruits of redemption passed by Mary as the channel through which grace was communicated to the Baptist, the Holy Ghost to Elizabeth, the gift of prophecy to Zachary, and so many other blessings to the whole house, the first graces which to our knowledge the eternal word had granted on earth after his incarnation, it is quite correct to believe that from thenceforward God made Mary the universal channel, as she is called by St. Bernard, through which all the other graces which our Lord is pleased to dispense to us should pass, as we have already declared in the fifth chapter of the first part of this work. With reason, then, is this Divine Mother called the treasure, the treasurer, and the dispenser of divine graces. She is thus called by the Venerable Abbot of Chelles, the treasure of God and the treasurer of graces. By St. Peter Damien, the treasure of divine graces. By Blessed Albert the Great, the treasurer of Jesus Christ. By St. Bernardine, the dispenser of graces. By a learned Greek quoted by Patavius, the storehouse of all good things. So also by St. Gregory Thematurgus, who observes that Mary is said to be thus full of grace. For in all her, excuse me, for in her, all the treasures of grace were hidden. Richard of St. Lawrence also says that Mary is a treasure because God has placed all gifts of graces in her as in a treasury. And from thence he bestows great stipends on his soldiers and laborers. She is a treasury of mercies, whence our Lord enriches his servants. St. Bonaventure, speaking of the field in the gospel, in which a treasure is hidden and which should be purchased at however great a price, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a treasure hidden in a field, which a man having found hid it, and for joy thereof goeth and selleth all that he hath and buyeth that field. Says that our Queen Mary is this field in which Jesus Christ, the treasure of God the Father, is hid, and with Jesus Christ the source and flowing fountain of all graces. St. Bernard affirms that our Lord has deposited the plenitude of every grace in Mary, that we may thus know that if we possess hope, grace, or anything salutary, that it is from her that it came. Of this we are also assured by Mary herself, saying, In me is all grace of the way and of the truth. In me are all the graces of real blessings that you men can desire in life. Yes, sweet mother and our hope, we know full well, says St. Peter Damien, that all the treasures of divine mercies are in thy hands. Before St. Peter Damien, St. Adolphonsus asserted the same thing in even stronger terms when speaking to the Blessed Virgin, he said, O lady, all the graces that God has decreed for men, he has determined to grant through thy hands. And therefore to thee has he committed all the treasures and ornaments of grace. So that, O Mary, concludes St. Germanus, no grace is dispensed to anyone otherwise than through thy hands. There is no one saved but by thee, no one who receives a gift of God but through thee, Blessed Albert the Great makes a beautiful paraphrase of the words of the angel addressed to the Most Blessed Virgin. Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found grace with God. Fear not, O Mary, for thou hast found not taken grace, as Lucifer tried to take it. Thou hast not lost it as Adam lost it. Thou hast not bought it as Simon Magus would have bought it. But thou hast found it because thou hast desired and sought it. Thou hast found in created grace, that is, God himself became thy son. And... With that grace thou hast found and obtained every created good. 
St. Peter Chrysologus confirms this thought, saying, This great virgin and mother found grace to restore thereby salvation to all men. And elsewhere he says that Mary found a grace so full that it sufficed to save all. Thou hast found grace, but how great a grace! It was such that it filled thee, and so great was its plenitude that it could be poured down as a torrent on every creature. So much so indeed, says Richard of St. Lawrence, that as God made the sun, that by its means light may be diffused on the whole earth, so as he made Mary, that by her all divine mercies may be dispensed to the world. St. Bernadine adds that from the time that the Virgin Mother conceived the divine word in her womb, she obtained a kind of jurisdiction, so to say, over all the temporal manifestations of the Holy Ghost, so that no creature can obtain any grace from God that is not dispensed by this tender and compassionate mother. Hence, let us conclude this point in the words of Richard of St. Lawrence, who says that if we wish to obtain any grace, we must have recourse to Mary, the finder of grace, who cannot but obtain all that she asks for her servants, for she has recovered the divine grace which was lost and always finds it. This thought he borrowed from St. Bernard, who says, Let us seek for grace, and seek it by Mary, for that which she seeks she finds, and cannot be frustrated. If we then desire graces, we must go to this treasurer and dispenser of graces, for it is the sovereign will of the giver of every good thing. And we are assured of it by the same St. Bernard, that all graces should be dispensed by the hands of Mary, for such is his will, who is pleased that we should have all by Mary. All, all. And he who says all excludes nothing. But because confidence is necessary to obtain graces, we will now consider how certain we ought to feel of obtaining them when we have recourse to Mary. And we'll move on to the second point in tomorrow's program. The Blessed Mother is the mediatress of all graces. We go to Jesus through the Blessed Mother always. That is not to say that we should not love the Blessed Mother in and of herself for who she is. A priest brought this up during a homily last summer. Jesus wants us to love the Blessed Mother, not simply because she leads us to him, which she does, of course, but because of who she is, because of her immaculate purity, her wisdom, her innocence, all of her wonderful virtues. She is quite literally the perfect woman. She is the Lord's masterpiece, queen of heaven and earth, mother of God, the perfect mother, the perfect woman. We need to love Mary more. We cannot love the Blessed Virgin Mary enough. Let us ask the Lord Jesus Christ for the grace to love his mother more. Remember, the victory will come through the Blessed Virgin Mary. Everything that's going on in the world, all the challenges that you face, well, one day we will see that they were worth it. And all this time, if we take what happens with a spirit of sacrifice, offering up and uniting it to the crucifix of our Lord Jesus Christ, we're building up our spiritual muscles. We're paving the way, aided by God's grace and his grace alone to get to heaven, offering up these sacrifices in his holy name through the intercession of Our Lady, our Queen. Oremos. Prayer for the hastening of the triumph of the Immaculate Heart of Mary. O Immaculate Heart of Mary, Holy Mother of God and our tender mother, look upon the distress in which the whole of mankind is living due to the spread of materialism, godlessness, and the persecution of the Catholic faith. In our own day, the mystical body of Christ is bleeding from so many wounds caused within the church by the unpunished spread of heresies, 
the justification of sins against the sixth commandment, the seeking of the kingdom of earth rather than that of heaven, the horrendous sacrilegious against the most holy Eucharist, especially through the practice of communion in the hand and the Protestant shaping of the celebration of the Holy Mass. Amidst these trials appeared the light of the consecration of Russia to thine immaculate heart by the Pope in union with the world's bishops. In Fatima, thou didst request the communion of reparation on the first Saturdays of the month. Implore thy divine son to grant a special grace to the Pope that he might approve the communion of reparation on the first Saturdays. May Almighty God hasten the time when Russia will convert to Catholic unity. Mankind will be given a time of peace and the church will be granted an authentic renewal in the purity of the Catholic faith, the sacredness of divine worship and the holiness of Christian life. O Mediatrix of all graces, O Queen of the Most Holy Rosary and our sweet mother, turn thine eyes of mercy towards us and graciously hear this, our trusting prayer. Amen. Memorare to St. Joseph. Remember, O most chaste spouse of the Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thy intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto you, my spiritual father, and beg your protection. O foster father of the Redeemer, despise not my petitions, but in your goodness, hear and answer me. Amen. Sweetheart of Mary, be the salvation of Russia, Spain, Portugal, Europe, the United States of America, Canada, and the whole world. May all the words that I speak be so many arrows dipped in the blood of thy sacred heart, O Jesus, to pierce the hearts of all who hear them with love for thee. Amen. And now the three Hail Marys to honor the immaculate purity of Our Lady and for the defeat of the anti-God, anti-family constitution, which is up for a vote uh, in a few days, I believe, September the 4th, I'm not mistaken, in Chile. So for good governance, in Chile and for all the people of Chile and to honor Our Lady, we pray. Ave Maria. Gratia plena, Dominus tecum, benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tu, Jesus. Sancta Maria Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in mortis nostrae. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum, benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tu, Jesus. Sancta Maria Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in mortis nostrae. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum, benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in mortis nostrae. Amen. Virgo potens, ora pro nobis. Sancti Osef, terra daimonem, ora pro nobis. Sancta Raphael, Archangeli, ora pro nobis. In nomine Patris, et Filii, et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Thank you very kindly, my friends, for listening to episode 286 of the Our Lady of Fatima podcast. In your charity, please share Our Lady's podcast with everyone you know. Follow us on Twitter. The handle is at Fatima Podcast. And most especially, please pray for the eternal salvation of all bishops. Goodbye and God love you.